and um, I hear the first officer call out. And then the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy sh! it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson. And thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. Well, hello everyone. This episode we have Angelo Bullplume. And it's a long story, and uh, this story could be, it could be made into a movie. It's, it's, a, it's a long story, but uh, the end has a really powerful uh, twist to it. And it's a personal story from Angelonum. I'm glad he shared it with us. Um, I know it was hard for him to tell the end of the story, but uh, I just wanted to give you guys the whole story and not break it up into two podcasts. I want it to be released all as one, and I know it's a long, long one, <laughs> but um, you know, just get through it, pause it whenever you have to, it's well worth the listen. And, um, wow. That's all I gotta say is wow. This story is, it's kind of heart-wrenching, really, you know? And it makes me feel sad for, for a number of reasons. But, um, I don't want to give anything away. And, you know, Angela's mom, she had a lot of dreams about certain things that were happening during this three-day period of Angela's life. I would just like to point out again how powerful dreams can be. You know, they are pretty powerful. i just like to let everyone know Jenny is the one that made all this happen. This, this podcast here with Angela. Thank you, Jenny. Thank all the patrons, all the listeners, for being here once again. You know, I really appreciate you guys showing interest and being willing to put up with my my learning curves. 
And again, I apologize for my dog. You can hear him all throughout the podcast doing that big sigh of his when he's laying here. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a few background noises in there. Again, apologize for all that. But um, let's go ahead and get into the story. Well, welcome back to Lodge Tales, everyone. We're back at it again. And uh, this episode, our our guest is Angelo Bullplume, and um, he's he's got a ghost story to to talk about that happened to him years ago. But uh, if you would, Angelo, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and kind of walk us into your story. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, my name's Angelo Bullplume. Um, I'm a full-blood Blackfeet, been here on a reservation pretty much all my life. Yeah, I married a, a Blackfeet girl, a Blackfeet, Blackfeet lady, the young Wells. Her, her, uh, her parents are Arthur and Olive Wells. They're, uh, I know many of you might, Blackfeet who are listening might know who I'm talking about. My parents are is Dan Bullplume. And uh, my mother, she's Ellis Caftiel. Her maiden name is Caftiel, and of course she's married, married to my dad, so she's Bullplume. <laughs> and uh, I was born in '64 here in Browning. Uh, we lived here in Moxon Flat for many years, and then, and then my folks moved uh, south of Hart Butte to uh, Blacktail. That's pretty much where I grew up. Went to school in Harbury till the eighth grade and and uh you know there's there's more than just this one what that I've had, you know, several spooky encounters as well, you know, I've listened to the podcast and and found many of the stories that, that, that you're um that you shared uh, uh you know, a lot of them are really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the other night I fell asleep listening to um, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. All right. Um, well, I, I wrote this story a few years ago, and you know, I we we were sitting around one evening, and everybody's telling ghost stories, and and um, I, I I couldn't hear the story. I mean, we talked about it, me and my wife, I don't know, been like many, many times over and over, you know, what, what, what we experienced. I was looking for a, a part-time job years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I had a friend who was, uh, he was a mortician, and, you know, I was <clears throat> talking to him about but uh, I was looking for a part-time job, and he offered me, you know, a part-time job, and, and so I, um, I took him up on it. I said, "Yeah, well, we're, we're gonna, he told me what I'd be doing, you know, and you know, if I was, if I was, uh, uh, he said squeamish or you know, or, or get weirded out around around uh, corpses because he said, you know, be working with a lot of dead bodies and families." And, he said, "This is not a, a job to do if you're um, 
uh, you know, that kind of person, you know, you got to be professional, you know. People are grieving at this time, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, he pretty much showed me everything what to do, you know. And, uh, but anyway, when, when I when I first, um, he told me I'd go, be going on runs to be picking up um, people who had passed, you know. He said sometimes they're with the family and, uh, if there's a physician, you know, with with uh, with the body to, uh, at home, he said, or you're in the hospital, and he said there there would be um, they'll call us and we'll go pick them up, or or if they have to be uh, embalmed, you know, they'll get embalmed first, then we'll pick them up. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, autopsies, excuse me, then yeah. we'll pick them up after all that's done. And um. Uh, so my, my first call that I went on, uh, it was just um, like, I don't know, the day day after I talked to him, he asked me if I'd do a, a pickup um, uh, in Greg Falls. Before I went to do that pickup, the uh, day before I was going to the hospital, I woke up that morning, oh, I was sick. And I always remember because you know when you when you I, I was I wasn't drinking you know, I didn't drink that time mm-hmm. I was uh, I woke up with a real bad headache and nauseated and you know throwing up Fleming stuff like that and so I told my wife I said oh, I'm really sick I'm gonna go into the hospital see what's wrong so I headed in uh, we lived on we lived on a boarding school road that time I headed into um, the hospital and on the way in you know, you know how you hear all uh, the ambulance and uh, police and fire trucks stuff like that there are sirens that go in when there's emergencies yeah well, I was driving in up to um, what is it 464 to the hospital mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I heard this you know, uh, sirens there. And from where I could see there, you could see him heading out past the um, town pump. Well, I didn't pay much attention. I just went to the hospital and just was pulling that parking lot and uh, that phone rang. My cell phone, it was, um, and back then, they had those uh, big old, they, they looked like uh, house phones, but you plug them into the um, cigarette lighter. Yeah. Cell phone before them little tiny flip flip phones come out. What year was anyway, this? Um, oh geez, this was about I'd say about thirty, thirty five years ago now, something like that. Wow. Something like that, yeah. I was I was thinking forty years ago the other day, but uh, it was about twenty thirty, thirty years, yeah, about thirty, thirty five years ago, something like that. Well anyhow it was my mom. She, I answered the phone, and, and she said she needed to talk to me, you know. She said, uh, come out to the house. And she lived in Harvey. She said, uh, come to the house as soon as, uh, as soon as you can. I said, well, I'm, I'm just going in the hospital. I'm really sick, Mom, and I'll see what's going on. I said, I told her I was throwing up all morning, had a bad headache, and a little fever going in. 
She said, well, show you your gun, have your brother drive you out. So, well, I went in, I went in the hospital, and you, did you know how long you wait after you go in there, you check in, and you, uh, usually you bring it to your triage, but if you, during the day, you know, you have to sit there, you know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I went in there, emergency room, and I signed up, and a lot of people in there, and I waited, and waited, this is about 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, something like that in the morning. And I waited pretty much all all morning. And then after, I think it was about 1 or 1.30 or something like that, they finally called me. I went in there and, went in there and doctors checked me out, took my temperature. He said, well, you got a fever. And they, they um, uh, you know, hot doctors give you a once over and, Next thing you come back, you see, well, everybody's getting, um, it's like the one-day flu thing. You know, okay. You said, well, get you some antibiotics and get some, said, just drink a lot of fluids, get some rest, and take these, take the antibiotics, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. So I uh, left the hospital, and then I went looking for uh, my brother, Brother Davis. I looked, I looked all over for him. I didn't find him anywhere, you know, because I, I was sick, you know, and I wanted him to drive me out to Harvey. I just didn't want to take that, you know, that drive, the headache, the 60-mile round trip, and then have to sit there for a while and see what my mom wanted. You know, she really persisted my mom, you know, she wants to do something, you, know, you got to do it and get it done with, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Finally, I, I headed out there myself, and she asked for my brother when I got there. She, uh, I said, what, what, what's going on, Mom? What did, what did you want to um, talk to me about? And she just said, well, she just said, uh, have, a, have a seat. She said, uh, she just you know, spoke right around. She said, I seen you in a dream, you know, just like that. Hmm. And and she told me she said in my dream you were helping some guy, and uh, this guy was was going somewhere, you know, and and he had to go somewhere or something like that. And she said, but he did, she she didn't know where he was going in her dream, you know. She said, but you were helping him. She said, you in the end you were you were helping this guy, you know, whatever he was doing, or but he he stayed with you in in your house. I said, did you know who he was in a dream? You know, did you have any? She said, I don't know who he was. She said, it was just some guy that that knew you guys. Hmm. Oh, okay. And um, anyway, she said in a, in her dream that he stayed with us for like three or four days or something like. That. I think it was, she said three days. And uh, she said, all oh, while he stayed there in. Uh, in in your in your house, she said. In those three days, and that that he stayed there in your house in my dream. She said that things were just not right in your house. Hmm. And I said, "What do you mean things weren't right?" She said, "I didn't know." She said, I "Just knew that things weren't right." Just telling me to be careful, you know. Um. Well, you know what happens. She said, be careful in the, in the next few days. She said, I think she said, you know, the Lord shows me stuff or something like that through her dreams or 
or he or the Lord chose her things for her reason or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just told her, I said, well, be careful, Ma. And, uh, but that time, my brother came out. It must have been about 8 o'clock. He, he came out, he, him and uh, his, his woman that he was with then. And I was just heading out for Browning. I was walking out, he was heading in. He said, what you doing? I said, well, I'm heading back to Browning. I told you, I was looking all over for you. They wanted you to drive for me to come out. Come out here. I told him I was really sick. You know, I'd be in a hospital. He said, uh, he's telling me, he said, you hear about that wreck? I said, no. Uh-huh. Was he said, a wreck, somebody got killed on, on 89. I said, well, you know, I was heading back to town anyway, so I thought I'd go through 89. just to get kind of nosy. But uh-huh. that, that the place where that where that, where there's a car wreck, it was a truck. It was just like it reminded me of a of a, of something being rolled up into a ball. The way that truck looked, the way it must have rolled, you know. Oh. I mean, he must have been going fast. Jeez. And uh, there was a couple of cops, and uh, I think it was a higher patrol, and. Um, I don't know if it was BIA or tribal then. There was one of those in the record there, you know. It's only ones that were left there. Yeah, that truck was still there. And, but whoever was driving that truck, you know, it, it passed away. So I turned on 89 after I passed that truck to turn on 89 and I was heading towards Brown and I seen this guy walking on the road, so I... You know, see, see a native walk, and I always pull over and pick him up, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, pretty much anyway, native or not, you know, I see him walk, I'll give him a ride. Uh, I knew how it is when you're, when you're walking on the road and nobody will pick you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was one of my, my old friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and he had a duffel bag and jumped in. What's what you doing? He shook his head. Nothing, you know, and where are you headed? He didn't say anything. He just pointed towards towards Browning, you know, towards the front of the car. Hmm. It was kind of quiet, you know, all the way to Browning. Didn't, didn't say much, you know. Ask him a question. His answer was just yes or no or shake his head, our shoulders, you know, like, didn't know, you know? Yeah. But he didn't talk. So I get, come driving in and pulling into uh, Browning, and I told him, I said, uh, what is going to go to your house? He's a friend of mine. He's uh, Jason. I knew where he lived and everything. And he just told me, he said, can't go home right now. He asked if he could uh, sleep at our place. He said, Talking about having to clear his head or something, you know. Hmm. He said he wanted to stay for a couple of days anyway. And uh, I told him, "Yeah, well, let me let me tell Leanne, and you know, it should be all right. Should be okay, you know. We had like eight trailers out there that that we we're fixing up, you know. Hmm. We'd uh, would either buy them cheap or they'd be donated, and we'd we'd um, strip them down." Just to the shell and the tin, yeah. strip the floor out, everything, and would, would redo them. 
one of these trailers we um we uh made it into like a you know just like the one room like a motel room just one room and there was at the end there was um like a place to get water and shower you know and stuff and uh i think we think we called that the five door because it was five bedrooms in there i think we put in that one trailer just by stripping it all out and you know, just putting one rooms in there and putting beds in there and stuff like that. And like, you know, like, yeah. And we'd use it for, like, people, you know, who are, you know, would, uh, would get kicked out of their homes or need a place to stay, you know, or, or uh, you know, stuff like that. Mm. But anyway, um, we put them up in one of them rooms. I told Leanna, um, he said, it's been all right, you know, heck, we knew him a long time. We knew him, like, seemed like forever, you know. Hmm. And uh, I brought him to the room, and uh, told him, you know, there's bedding in there, everything's in there, there's lights right there. Uh, that in a, in a big, big, uh, in a, we had a big trailer, too. We put two trailers together and tore out the whole middle section, and it was like a, where we had our, our, our school. It was a Christian school, you know, my wife ran. Showed him where to stay, you know, in that room, and I told him down to, down to the big trailer, you know, we usually leave that door open, you can go in there, there's a kitchen in there, and you can lunch around in there. Whenever you need to, if you want to eat a snack or something, you know. He said, all right, and went in his room, and I closed the door, and I was in, and I just went to my, Back to my um, my trailer for me and my wife, my kids, mm-hmm. and uh, where we stayed, went over there and got ready, settled in for the night, you know, going to sleep. And it's been about about three, four in the morning. That phone started ringing, and it was um, that, that mortician. Answers, uh, hello, and. Uh, there's Mike. He said, hey, it's Mike. And he said, sorry to wake you up. And I asked him, you know, what was wrong, you know, anything, anything matter, what was wrong? He said, no. He said, I, I, I do need you to do a pickup in Great Falls as soon as possible if you can do it for me. And uh, he showed me where the keys and everything were in that, in that building down there by um, Willow Creek. It used to be a funeral home. Anyway, uh, he showed me where the keys are and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and for the hearse. And, and uh, I had a key on me for the, to, to unlock everything, you know, the front door and everything already. And uh, when I when I first got there, them lights turned on. You know, those uh, supposed to be a uh, uh, light sensor. Yeah. Uh, light sensors and light up in your they sent somebody going by mm-hmm. and, and um, so I opened the doors to that, that uh, the garage in the back and went in there and started that hearse and got ready and they, he just told me he said you know you there's um, a card in there a credit card that I use just pulled it out of that desk and you know when they get gas and stuff so I just went ahead to town pump and I Pulled over town pump house gas, and I'm not thinking, why that guy's fast? 
Because the day before, he was telling me he was going to put some motion detector lights up around that building. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I found out later, you know, that he didn't even install them yet. <laughs> and the oh. lights just came on and jumped. Huh? <laughs> and, um, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, that I didn't realize until way, way after, you know. Anyway... I headed to um, uh, Great Falls. It was early, you know. And I was just going um, across that bridge from uh, on Tenth Avenue when you're first getting into Great Falls. Yeah. I, I was just going across that bridge and um, from Fox Farm Road, going up that way. Mm-hmm. And that um, water heater went off and broke on that on that hearse or something happened. Something with the water heater or something. Anyway, uh, I had to uh, call Mike. Mike called uh, Bison Ford in Great Falls, and they come and hauled us over there. And did he took all day to fix that thing, you know? <laughs> and I think, I, I think, indeed, you know, I didn't want to go home, you know, late, and there's it was already. Sun was setting and everything, and uh, finally that guy came on. He said, "Well, you're good to go." It was about nine o'clock, when I, nine or ten or something like that, when I finally got to the hospital to pick up that body. Mm-hmm. Signed the paper, went to the room, and they're usually on a gurney, and all I did is put them in our gurney and zip it up, you know, uh, but buckle them in. Like you would, uh, uh, you know, an ambulance, you know, them gurneys. Yeah. So they don't fall off and, and stuff, you know. And um, we got them all fastened in and zipped up that body bag. And uh, that body bag's attached to that gurney, our gurney. And uh, it just zips up, you know. So I've got them in there and zipped it up and put them in that hearse and, and headed home. And uh, it was about... It was, you know, the, the, every hill that I came to out of Great Falls, the first hill is by Vaughn, you know. Mm-hmm. It goes way down, and um, that gurney come loose, and it come hit the back of my seat, you know. <laughs> and it kind of freaked me out at first. Yeah, pulled over, and I got it fast, fastened back and buckled in and everything, and, and uh, uh Every you know, so it don't roll around like that. Yeah. yeah so I headed home again. Started up. I forget what hill I come to next, but same thing, come loose. And every time I hit the brake or do something, I come rolling. I'm hit the back of the seat. And hmm. That was weird, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. Every time, every time I did it, my back would get sick. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, Stop! I'd stop and then I'd refasten it and I'd put it back in this place and make sure it's, it's secured in there and and drive on again, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the way home. I'm not kidding. All the way home. I did that. Uh, the last hill I did do is Spring Hill out here. Same thing. And I just knew it. Oh, it's gonna happen again. Same thing. Except for that one when he came into town and. And, and down the road, you know, it never happened when once uh, after Spring Hill. 
but and I was thinking, you know, that guy's probably just raising hell with me, <laughs> my passenger, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> when I got in town, it was been about, I don't know, about 12 o'clock night. When I got in, great, uh, back to Browning, I, I pulled back into the, um, the, uh, the funeral home down there. Mm-hmm. And I backed in there, and I opened the garage door, and I backed in there, and I took the, um, slid the gurney out and put the, the legs down and wheeled the, the body and put it in the cooler and closed the doors up, made sure everything was secure, and and then uh, just then the, the phone rang, and it was Mike, and, and uh, he said he was going to be on his way up, and he asked me if I could, you know, prep that body for him. And when I when I, uh, when I I got done uh, prepping him, and then I walked out, you know, and when I made coffee, I was going to go get me a cup, and at the kitchen, you have to go uh, through, through the back where, where, where we do everything, like, if, if we have to embalm him, you know, he had to embalm this person. That's why he, when a body got there, he wanted to do it right away because he was supposed to be there that day, you know, earlier that after, afternoon. Mm. But the hearse broke down, so that's why he was coming up late to embalm the body. After I, after I got done uh, prepping that, that body, I, I was thinking, I'm going to get some coffee, you know. Anyway, way in the back, way in the back where the kitchen was, and that's where the coffee was. As soon as I walked out of there, I heard um, like knocking on that um, on that uh, cooler door, mm-hmm. and it was just quiet. I mean, I mean, so quiet you can hear like a you know that kind of noise is constant. And I stood there, and they were, then they got cold. I mean, ice cold, real cold. And, you know, I've I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. I mean, fear, like, fear with that that kind of magnitude of fear. I mean, it was just like I just froze, you know, when I heard that knock on on that door. I mean, I knew nobody was there when there was a knock. And, and like, I stopped in my tracks and I heard it again. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and then I start, you know, going towards that that um, that uh, office. You know, when I when I got to the office, but I heard it one last time. It was going like this, <laughs> I mean, louder and harder, you know. <laughs> and, and then um, and then I heard that like that door. I clo- that door I just closed behind me. It was like that doorknob was twisted. And then uh, when I open that that door to go out to them them two doors that go outside, when I open that door, I can hear other doors slamming and opening, slamming and opening. And yes. I mean, I was so afraid. It was just like I, I couldn't move at first. Then the second, I was like, I was trying to get out of there. And then, and then I don't know. It was just like I I, I was going to you know. I didn't know what to do. I ran for that door and I opened the door and I ran. When I opened that door, I ran right smack into that um, that mortician, that Mike. <laughs> he, he, he grabbed me. He said, "Oh, Hansel, what the hell are you okay?" And <clears throat> I was trying to tell him, you know, what was going on, you know. 
Uh. I was trying to tell him what was going, what happened, you know. It, 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 I mean, I was just shaking, literally, just shaking. I, I, I don't know what, what made me, I mean, the fear, the magnitude of that fear that I felt, it, it just shook me. I mean, even thinking about it today, you know, it just makes me a little afraid a little bit, you know. And that's another reason why I was kind of reluctant to tell this story because, you know, the, because of the, the feelings that I feel, how, how what it reminds me of, you know. I was trying to tell Mike, you know, what was going on. And, and, and fi- finally, I was, it took a while, you know, to uh, to calm down. But after a while, when I finally come, calmed down, I was trying to explain to him what was, what was going on in there, you know, in, that, in, 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 in the building. Yeah. You know, I, I started telling you know, I heard knocking and the doors were opening and closing and the doorknobs were twisting and turning and I told him, I said, it seemed like it took me forever to get out. I couldn't get out. It, was like, it seemed like I was moving in slow motion and in and, and fast forward at the same time. <clears throat> I couldn't explain it, you know, I did to him, you know, I was trying to. And I was sitting there, and I was shaking, I was drinking a cup of coffee, and I was trying to smoke a cigarette, and I was shaking, and he said, you need me to call me on? I said, no, I'll just, I'll go home, and I said, my car's here, I'll, I'll, I'll make it, just give me a minute, you know, and, and I, he said, how are you feeling here? He said, you were sick. I said, oh, the uh, doctors gave me uh, antibiotics, and and I said, Thomas, I haven't gotten much rest, you know, I haven't slept very well. And then he said, "Well, maybe that's it. Maybe you're just overtired, and you know, you're you're, you're sick. You haven't taken antibiotics." I said, "No, I haven't. Not yet. Not since I said I've been gone since about four o'clock this morning." You know, we just chalked it up to you know me being sick and not enough rest, like I said, you know. And so I finally calmed down. And I drove home, and I got mm. home. And I I told him what happened, and we, 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 we prayed for a while, and, and then I thought, oh, I thought about my my buddy, you know, in that room, Jason. So I went over there and checked on him, and asked him if he um how he was doing, and if he needed to uh, go home or something, you know. And he just he said no. He said he was all right. And I told him I said well, I'm gonna I'm gonna head back over to the house and try and sleep, you know. Oh man, I that night too I couldn't sleep either. I, I took my medicine and everything, and I still couldn't sleep. I was scared, and I told him what happened, you know. And we did. We prayed for a while, you know. <clears throat> yeah. It seemed like about about four thirty again that next day when I when I sleep and I I uh, in the morning when I finally doze off to sleep, it seemed like I just closed my eyes and it was daylight again. <clears throat> And uh, Leanne, they were all already all up and gone at school over to that building. And I was laying there and I was thinking, geez, you know, I was a rest. I took my antibiotics again. And and um, I think Mike called her again or something. He asked me if I, if I could come in. I said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be there by 8.30, I told him. So I got up and then I went over and checked on Jason again. You know, I went over to the room he was. I said, oh, 
only after you have an accident, you've been here, you better grab something to eat. He says, yeah, I will. He says, it's not hungry right now. He said, I had some snacks in my duffel bag. He said, I said, all right. I told him, I'm heading to town here. I got to go to work at 8.30. You need, you need a ride home? Your woman's probably worried about your son. He said, it's all my brother. Can I just stay here for a couple more days? I just got to clear things out of my head and get my head straight. And I told myself, well, you're going to have to go home for some music sometime. Uh. I said, what happened? What happened? Did, did you get caught cheating or something? You know, just teasing. He said, yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> nothing like that. And I said, no, I'm just kidding, brother. So I'll see you after work. So it was about 8.30 in the morning when I headed back over to that, that funeral home. Anyway, when I got there, uh, I had a key, and I opened it up and walked in here, and I, Mike, he was sleeping on that couch that he had in his office. First thing I thought was, holy crap, how can you sleep here alone like that, you know? He got up, I got by 8.30, and he was said good morning and asked him how, how he how he slept. I said, did you have a good rest, you know, and could anything around you, and anything weird happened here after I left? He said, he said, no. He said, nothing happened. Quiet. He said he did what he had to do. He, he had bombed the body, got it dressed and everything. And uh, he said he had to come back and meet the family that afternoon, I think. And he asked me if I could, you know, stick around there that day. You know, hold the fort down. And I think he said he would be back about three or four in the afternoon. Hmm. That he had to meet with the family. But I told him, yeah, all right, no, I'll, I'll, I'll clean up and straighten up and everything. He headed out, and I, like I said, that kitchen's way in the back, you know. So I went back there to get some coffee, some more coffee, you know, and I locked that door, and I, I thought I heard, I thought I heard somebody, you know, in the front there, uh, hollering out, anybody home? And then I, I hollered back, I said, I'll, I'll be right with you, hang on, please. And I towards his friend and I start thinking, hey, I, didn't I lock them doors or maybe I never or maybe I thought I did and you know, when I got to the front door, sure enough, they were locked. There was nobody there, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. How could they op- open the door and not and holler you know, if anybody's home? And I was just standing there like looking at them doors, you know, because they were locked. And I, was, I was looking towards the office, you know, thinking somebody maybe went back there bathroom doors were open right there and then then right behind me in that where you have the um, lakes that viewing room yeah there was like a like a a laugh i mean just a real high pitch laugh <laughs> <laughs> it remind kind of remind me of a, um of an old lady laugh but with, but with like a real high tone voice yeah and i yeah, that was right behind me in that room, and that whole room was empty. You know, it had the chairs all stacked up, and you know, cause it vacuum and cleaning and stuff like that. You know, and uh, I, t- I turned around. When I turned around, I, I I couldn't move. I just you know stood there. Felt like I felt like throwing up. Felt light headed. Thought I was gonna faint, thought I was gonna fall over, you know, and I'm just standing there, you know, in, 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 
almost getting sick and getting getting scared. And the next thing I heard in that back room, and so you know, like he had a, um, a tool, a tool thing with a bunch of drawers in it. Those uh, I think I don't know what they're called, but they, you know, it's a tray full of tools. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's not like it's not like somebody took them and tipped that whole thing over. And you can hear tools falling all over in that in that garage. Hmm. I mean, what we uh, what we uh, what what we cleaning just in bodies? I mean, yeah. but when I heard that, I didn't I didn't I didn't go find out what was what fell over or what happened. You know, I took off out to my car, hmm. jumped on my phone, I jumped on my phone and called my brother. <laughs> I uh, asked him if he had come down to that funeral home and, and washed the front door while I cleaned up everything, you know, because I thought I would have to clean up back there, and I didn't want to go in the back with nobody there with me, you know. Mm. If there was a uh, body in there, and, you know, I, and what happened the night before, you know, I, I, was, yeah, I was scared. I didn't want to be there alone. So uh, so he came down and was teasing me. Ah, you getting spooked. <laughs> I said, no, I just um, want, need somebody to watch the front door while I, uh, you know, clean up and, 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 and stuff, you know. And, and I was doing that. I was in that coffee room, dusting all them coffins off and wiping them down and cleaning them off and open them, opening them up and, you know, like for somebody that, like somebody who was viewing a body, you know, and I said so you do that when they come and pick out a coffin. Mm-hmm. For, for for the deceased, so I, I had to do that anyway. And I kind of really did need somebody to watch the front door. But he he came down, my brother. He came down, and he was sitting in the front door, and I was in there cleaning them uh, coffins up and dusting them down and everything. And I went that back into it, to it to where I expected a bunch of um, tools and stuff to be all over. Huh. There was nothing, nothing mm-hmm. tipped over. That, whole room back there was just the way we left it. Oh. I, I, I looked in that uh, garage, if, you know, expecting tools to be all over there. Nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't find nothing on the floor. And, and we cleaned that whole area, you know, swept and mopped, you know, every day and stuff. He was asking me, after I got done cleaning up, you know, he asked me, you know, look, I'm really serious, look, he said, this, uh, do you, uh, do you ever hear strange things around here? Do you, do you ever hear things or see things? You spooked? So, no, I don't. Don't know. I'm just doing after doing. I told him, you know, nothing bothers me. Here's lying to him, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, I was thinking. I was still thinking. You know, just lack of sleep and uh, being sick and the medication. You know, everything I was doing. I was, I was seeing things and hearing things. You know. And uh, that's that was my explanation to me anyway, to myself, you know. He told me, he said, well, I'm not, you know, brother, I hate for him to go, you know. I want him to stay longer, you know. I, I offer him another cup of coffee. And he said, well, yeah, well, yeah, I'll have one more cup. And he, he said he had to get going. I told him, hey, let's play some crib, five bucks a game, come on. Uh, 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 we'll play uh, two bucks, uh, winner takes all. Fifteen bucks. He said, All right. So we sat down, you know, play some crib. And I was trying to keep him there, you know, until Mike got there, mm-hmm. <laughs> or or until at least school got out and I could call Leanne, you know, mm-hmm. come and sit with me or something. 
Anyway, we we say, come on, best out of best out of three, and it's fifteen dollars a piece. Winner takes all. And we started to shuffle them cards, and I told him, I'll go get some more coffee. So I grabbed his cup and I went back in the kitchen, you know, get some more, get us another cup of coffee. And uh, I come back in and he was sitting there. He didn't even deal the cards. He was just holding them cards. He's sitting there. He said, is your boss here? Is Mike here? I said, no. I looked at the door and see his car and anything, you know. And he said, I, th- I thought I heard someone in that back room. So my brother told me, you know. Mm. And I told him, no, nobody here. I said, it's just our guest, and he's not going to be here long, you know. They're going to have him in the house. They're not going to have him in one of these centers, you know. And um, he said, uh, he said, no, I, I, he said, I, he said, I swear, Angela, he said, I, I swear I heard somebody call you and then call. Hmm. And he's looking at me, and I could just, you know, see this fear on him, you know. Uh. And I told him, I said, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe he, maybe he did, I'll go check, you know. That's what I told my brother, and so I, <clears throat> I went out, and I went in that back room that goes into that, that freezer and that uh, hallway to the, to the garage door and the other one where the body was, you know, in that room. Mm-hmm. And, um. And when I was walking through, I thought I'd seen them lights going off and on in that display room. <laughs> mm. At the corner of my eye, you know, when I was walking by. And then uh, when I went to go check in that coffee room, there was nobody back there. But when I went to go check in that coffee room, all them coffins that I that I opened and brushed, dusted and opened all up, they were all closed. Every one of them. Weird. And there was Weird. like about, there was like about, Close to maybe maybe twenty five or twenty coffins in there. Oh. That that in that in that that display room where they where they um you know where the family picks the coffin out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they were. I dusted them all off. I cleaned them all. I, some of them needed to be washed, you know. And so I washed them and sprayed them. And I was when my brother was sitting out front, you know, at the door when I did all this and. And they were all closed. I left them all open, and they were all closed. And then uh, I I ran in there and I start opening them all up again. And I just got like halfway done opening them up, and I was just coming to the last ones, and I was walking back out that door, and I heard my brother. He's telling me that, that he was hollering at me. He's saying, "I got, I got, I gotta go." <clears throat> I said, "Hang on, I said, hang on, what?" And I got up there. Um, he was already gone. <laughs> it was just quiet again. When he left, it was just like it was just like that fear that the night before yeah. that I felt this 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 fear that was just like like it was so intense. It was just like major but not know what to do. You know, it made, made me made me feel like a kid. I'm not kidding. Hmm. I haven't had fear like that in in, in, in all my life. You know. Yeah. And um, it was almost to the point of me even, even even passing out. You know, that's how that's how hard and forceful this fear that I felt was. I looked in that in that room and uh, and I noticed a couple of them coffins were closed, and I I forced myself to go in there and open them again. 
the doors that were closed and begin to feel a little bit better after I felt brave enough to go in there and do that, you know. I went up to the car and I called me on. I was uh, asked, I called her, I said, can you uh, get my uh, my sage? And I was telling her they're out, they're out, they're up in, my, in, in a room in that upper shelf. And I asked her to bring it in to me to that funeral home. But she said, she's asking me what's wrong. She's asking me if I was okay, you know. Mm-hmm. She if I was asking if there's anything going on again or if I was hearing things or if I was getting spooked. She's asking me uh, where Mike was, you know. All these questions, you know, like kind of like almost all at once. She was, she was telling me, he should be there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, After we were talking, and 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 uh, I just told her, "Can you just get him here? You know, as soon as you can. I really, really need him." Uh, uh man, I kind of need him right now. You know, right away. Yeah. She said, okay, I'll be there in a few minutes. You know, it didn't take her long. But I was, I was standing in that doorway, you know, waiting for her to come. She should be coming from the north. You know, I was standing there. I seen her driving down and go through over that little bridge there, and she pulled in and went went down there to get that uh, my my stuff from her. She gave me my my uh, I gave me my sage and everything I asked for. And she said, uh, "I'll give you ten minutes before going there, <laughs> you know, to go in there and pray and smudge it out." I asked her, you know, if she would uh, come in and, and stay with me until my doctor. Yeah, that's when I began. We began to talk, and that's when I began to tell her everything that happened from from the night before when that when Mike called four in the morning when I went to get the body. You know, when it was much, and everything seemed to, you know, kind of settle down a lot. You know, mm-hmm. after I after I smudged and prayed prayed a bit in there, you know, in the. Uh, I told Yan to stay with me until Mike gets here. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I honestly thought, Rodney, I honestly thought that uh, I was I was going crazy. I thought I was losing my mind, you know, after what was going on. Yeah. I mean, hearing hearing somebody laugh in there when there's nobody there, and hearing somebody calling out, is anybody here, you know, anybody home, you know, and when I got there, you made coffee that, I think it was the morning before or whatever, you know, yeah. Hearing all of that, and, and there's nobody there, you know. And it, and it was, it's real. It was, I heard it. I mean, it was so real to me. It was like me talking to you and you hearing my voice or me hearing your voice. That's, that's, that's what I heard it. And there's no denying in my head that I didn't hear it. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, in the end, I told her David was here, and she asked me how come he left her. I told him, I don't know. I said, he, he was kind of upset. He looked, and he took off. And, and uh, you know, we we talk about this every once in a while, but David, he won't, he won't, he won't tell me what he heard or what happened there, why he left. To this day, he won't tell me what, 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 what you know, what happened. Hmm. You don't even talk about it, my brother. But anyway, it must have been about four o'clock, 
four o'clock or 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 almost like a four thirty or something like that. Uh, the family came, you know, after we prayed and we settled down. That family came and they were waiting for Mike to get there. I seen Mike and he's oh, you look, you look terrible, man. <laughs> You're still sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not 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 quite feeling up to par. I told him I took my pain, my meds, and everything, medication, my antibiotics. I said I should, it should probably clear up, clear up in a couple of days, you know. Yeah, when he turned to family, he said, "Has the family been here long?" I told him no. He got here maybe fifteen, twenty minutes ago. I made him. That's their first cup of coffee. I told him. And he said, thanks, you know, stick around today when they needed you. He said, you should go home. Let me on, take care of you. And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Go home and rest them. No, well, I had it at home, and I don't know where the end had it, but I was, I was heading out, and uh, Mike was by that door. He was hollering at me, and I stopped him. He just told me, he said, just take tomorrow off and get healed up. He said, yeah, he's going to need me for a funeral, you know. Mm-hmm. I told him, yeah, well, I'll take tomorrow off and I'll have a funeral or whatever. And I'll, I'll feel better, I'll come back. He said, well, I'll need you for the funeral. And um, he hadn't hit up before I did. I know that. And, but I made it home and I pulled into that, that uh, place where we had out there. My my daughter Olivia, she was she was home. She was watching our our, our other kids, Ruben and Angela. They were just little babies then. And she told me, "Hi, Dad. You have a good day." I said, "Well, it was all right." My girl, you know, gave her a hug, and my other two were too busy to even care. Playing around to care. I was home, you know. Then <laughs> hmm. I headed back to my my trailer. She she said, "I thought Mom was with you." I said, well, she left before me. She said she was low on gas. She might have stopped at a tea store. I didn't know, gas or something. And she said, Dad, I think there's somebody in that, that sixth store, you know, that, that one we had up there in, where where uh, where Jason was staying. Yeah. She said, them dogs are going crazy over there earlier. And so... um. I told my girl that there's a friend camping there for a couple of days, and I forgot about him, so I went up to check on him, so I went back to my, my trailer. And I was knocking on his door, and there's no answer. And I knocked on it for a while. No answer, you know. <clears throat> and finally I started calling him. I said, Jason. Jason. You know, and getting louder and louder, and one day I thought, well, maybe he headed out and must have went, went home or something, you know. And then next thing, he, he just cracked that door a little bit, and he was, he was really glaring at, from the light and asked me what's up. And I, I just told him, oh, hey, I thought you, thought you headed out or she'd come to check on you, see how you're doing. I'm worried about you, buddy. He said he, said he was okay. He said he had to get his head on straight before you, before you tried to go home, you know, and, and he said, do you think I could stay another night or so, you know, and 
He said, I'll be out of here in the morning. I told him, yeah, I don't care. Jason, you know, if you need to talk, man, I'm here, you know, we've known each other most of our lives, man. Being concerned about him, genuinely concerned about him, you know. And mm-hmm. he just told me, he just told me, you know, it's just something that 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 he had to work out on his own. If he if he needed somebody to talk to, you know, I told him, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I said, geez, I've known you almost all my life, you know. Then, you know, like I said, he told me that that's just something that that he needed to work out himself, and well, I told him, well. All right, well, come up to the big trailer. The man's making some soup and some fry bread up. And he said, okay. And, uh, that's, you know, that was it. I was headed back to my trailer, and as I was going back to my trailer, the was pulling up. And, uh, she had some groceries, so I helped her unload that food in that big trailer, and then I went to my trailer again just to jump in the shower and, Lay down, rest for a while, took some, took some more of my meds, and uh, jumped back in the shower, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about everything, you know, everything that was going on. I mean, it was too crazy for me. Just different. I mean, it was what was happening was too, too, too. I mean, the fear that I felt was too concerning for me just to not think about, you know, and just drop it and let it go. I just constantly thinking about it. What happened at that funeral home? Yeah. And I and I was really wondering if it was, you know, those antibiotics, and and and, and it really felt like maybe, you know, geez, maybe I'm just going crazy. I was thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went to went to the went in the bathroom and took a shower, and and uh, I was putting shampoo in my hair, and you know. I, Close your eyes, and then all of a sudden, the air was just cold in that bathroom. I mean, it's like, like if you're already wet, then you go outside in the in the, in the winter, and how cold it is! It's yeah. ice cold. Mm-hmm. And then when that when then when that happened, you know, I thought, holy Christ! You know, whatever was whatever was happening at that moment, I was thinking it followed me home. You know, and hey, I got scared, and at the same time, I started getting getting upset, getting angry. You know, because these are my kids, my wife, you know, and my family here, you know, it's where we all feel safe, our, your house, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I opened my eyes a bit, and, I, and I, when I opened my eyes, I could see somebody standing there, you know, through the shower curtain. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't move. <laughs> and I just let that, letting that water, I mean, that shower, wash wash that, that soap from my face. And I, I start. I start getting mad and I start screaming, you know, get out of my house, get out of here, you're not, you're not welcome here, you know. Yeah, I just felt brave, you know, because all of a sudden it didn't feel cold in there anymore, you know. That shower was nice and warm and I felt brave, and I so I showered and put some clothes on and I told him, yeah, would you guys um, come in to pray with me, you know, you and the kids? Then I couldn't find my smudge and stuff and I, I left, I think I left them at that uh, funeral and I said, aren't you, aren't you and the kids um, get ready and come with me and we'll, we'll, we'll go get them? Yeah. And she just told me, just go yourself. She said, I don't want to take the kids over there. She's telling me, you know. Mm-hmm. I told her, I told her, I said, yeah, I don't, I don't want to scare you, but we need those things tonight. And, and, and she's seen, 
she said she's seen you know fear she said you never seen me with that kind of fear on my face before uh-huh. you know she said since i ever known you she said, i've never seen you look like that angelo the way you look that day so she she agreed that you know come with me and take the kids with us so we all jumped into the van and headed, headed to town and you know just a f- few minutes we were at that uh, funeral home and we were sitting in front of there and oh oh uh the day before i forgot to tell you the day before when um when she brought my smudge there yeah she asked me who's there with you <laughs> i told her nobody i think <laughs> and uh she said there was somebody standing behind you when I, when she brought that sage to me <laughs> oh. we went we went to get that uh that sage where at that funeral home and was kind of sitting in front of there you know <laughs> i kind of didn't want to go in there uh by myself you know but we we, we, we pulled up there in the front and then them lights turned on by themselves and i still don't know if uh, uh mike put them them uh motion detector lights up you know if we didn't put them up yet but they the lights come on by themselves and that even when i got up there to, to walk up there to that door mm-hmm. i had to add my key out and everything when i uh before i could even put the the key in that door that door just kind of opened <laughs> <laughs> And that, you know, I kind of stood there and looking at that, looking at that door and, and that, you know, trying to make myself go in there, but I couldn't, you know. But when I went in there, that door closed. I mean, it just sounded loud when it closed, like it slammed shut. And as soon as that happened, I, I, I heard that same laugh that I heard when that, when, uh, that, that morning when, it, when I heard uh, somebody calling out if anybody was here, you know, and that same laugh, I heard it again. And same, and it was in came coming from that same room as before, that same uh, wake room. When I heard that life, I couldn't move. It, it was same thing, that fear. It, it just it just paralyzed me. I couldn't move. I I just just stood there in in, in my breathing. You know, and it, it it was like I couldn't breathe. Like I could only take a little short breaths at a time. You know, and uh, I I don't know how long I stood there. I didn't. Uh, Rodney, I don't know how long I stood in that doorway, and all of a sudden, Yan, I had come out of a daze, and Yan grabbed me, and she began pulling me out of that door. And I, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't see her come in, I didn't hear her come in, I didn't hear that door open or close, but she had that sage with her when when she came out. Then we t- we took off to my house, you know, until so we got home. As soon as we got home, that. Somebody was knocking on our door, and I answered it, and and it was um, my partner, Jason, you know. I said, can I come in? I said, come in, Jason, what's up? <clears throat> and uh, we had already lit the sage, and, you know, we're praying, and he, and he said, oh, I thought I smelled sage and wanted to smudge with you. You smudge with you guys, you know? Yeah. And uh told him, yeah, well, come in, and, you know, we're all smudging and praying, and, you know, I told him, you know, I'm more than welcome to come in and pray with us, you know. We got done praying, and we are just sitting around, and I asked him, I, I said, um, well, how's it, how's it going over there? And he said, uh, oh, he said, I'm not not getting much sleep in that trailer, he said. Then he, he got up, and then he just said, good night to everybody, you know. 
Yeah, we didn't get much sleep either, you know, I was telling him. Was, uh, Jason was walking out, and uh, so I uh, was walking back with him to his room, offered him a cigarette, you know, and I've never, I've never known him to um, turn down the cigarette, you know. I mean, he smoked and everything, and, and you know, he wasn't smoking, wasn't eating, you know, and he said, no thanks, and at the same time, he was, I was watching him, he was kind of looking up at the stars, you know, and I lit up a cigarette, and you know, I was half, half tempted to tell him, you know, what was going on with me, you know. Huh. I, I wanted to tell him, you know, what was happening, and and, and what, what I've been going through in you know, the last couple of days, you know. And uh, before I could say anything about, you know, what was the, the, the haunting or the paranormal experience or the uh, what I was going through, you know, before I could say anything, he, he began to talk to me, you know. And uh, there's like a real low voice, like somebody else was going like he didn't want anybody else to hear, you know. Yeah. Him, like somebody was by that we couldn't see was listening and anyway he looked at me and he said he said brother he said I was well he said I can't come to grips with something that that I did. And he said I mean something that, that happened to him. Something that happened to me and he said when he picked me up out of on on the agency. He said he said he's worried about his folks. He said he's worried about his wife, Kim. Yeah. Oh, he's white, yeah. He's, uh, um, Kim was his little girl, and mm. he was worried about his wife and, and, and his daughter, Kim, you know, and his wife's in it. And he just started, you know, to pour out his heart to me. Yeah. He was, talk, he was talking about his work. He was talking about his, his relationship with his wife, and, like, like she wanted everything, you know, and, like, and, uh, he used to pour it on his heart to me, and he was standing there and then took out another cigarette and smoked another cigarette. And, and uh, his voice just kind of drifted off. And, and I was thinking about the things that were going on in, in, in my life. What was just happening in the last two days? And the, the, all this, this scary crap I was going through, you know? Hmm. And I, my, as I was thinking about that, it was like his voice just kind of like drifted off. You know? I was trying to make sense of everything, and and uh, I don't know how long I was standing there, and, and it, it, I couldn't get that laugh out of my mind, and, and, and how I'd get how I'd get a uh, uh, paralyzed with fear, and, and, and how how cold it would get before this this thing would, would would come around, you know, like it was like a warning to its presence coming, and then just uh, about then my my daughter. I don't remember she, if she grabbed me or shook me or, or sat me <laughs> in that story. I said, I think I almost swallowed my cigarette and my daughter, when she come and shook my arm or something. She said, Dad, I'm has been calling you. And, and uh, so I told, I told Jason, and um, I think I told him when I head back to the room and see what was going on. She went and me. Mm -hmm. And he, he said, oh, hey, thanks for listening. I really needed to unload that. And I really wish I could have listened, you know, to what he said. So he was telling me something that was really important, but I didn't listen. I was thinking about what was going on. Yeah. And uh, because, oh, geez. 
he, he I just wish I could have heard what he said, you know. He told me, he said, thanks for listening, I really need to unload that. Then he, he just went into his group. Uh, I told him, you know, no problem, Prince Ford, you know. And I, I told him, ask me, you know, you know for help. He, he's in control of everything, you know. Yeah. And I, I saw him rest up in a few tomorrow, you know, him good night. He told Olivia good night. Closed the door, we made a call, but told her, night night, we were walking away. And, and she looked at me, because she knew Jason, you know, my little girl. Mm-hmm. She, she knew him too. And she, she even told me, she said, God, I think something's wrong with Jason. So what do you mean? She said, he didn't seem like the Jason I know. And, you know, and, and you know, kind of realized she was right, you know, to this day, you know, I know. And I told him he's been really quiet, you know, since I picked him up on the road. She asked him, what, 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 what was I doing out there? And I told her, that I said, Grandma wanted to see me. She's having one of her warnings. And I, I told her, girl, I said, I think she might be right this time. And I gave her a piece out of forehead, you know, and my mom told her, give my babies a kiss, you know, before I left the house. Mm-hmm. I told her, I seen your grandma. She grabbed my hand and was walking back to the trailer. We just walking back. I told her, it's so important. And she, uh, she just told me to put your finger up, like, just turn your mouth there. It's just me, you and, and she told her, the kids, put on your Barney show and you can watch Barney before you go to bed. And she told me, she said, I don't, I don't, I don't want this to see this, you know. Went back in the room and and she turned them lights off and she pulled back in the curtains and then she did it. And then I looked out the window and from my window you can see into the big tree there. Mm-hmm. And I said, what am I looking at? You gotta give me a hint? And I was what is it? Yeah. And uh, she said, just watch. I mean, when she said it, she said it like, you know, like, like an order. Watch! You know, like that. Yeah. And uh, she told me that when she seen it, she was just she, she wasn't, she couldn't move, she couldn't speak in a few scenes, but, but she was telling me to look at, you know, and uh, she said, she just, she just realized, she, she said she's seen that I seen what she's seen because of the change that came on my face, from, and, and she didn't want to look at it herself again, you know, and me, I just stood there in fear looking at, looking in that room, and can you say I don't know? I don't. I don't know how to describe what I saw. You know, and um, what I seen in there was just like a shadowy forms. No, no features. Just dark, dark figures in that big room where we had school in the kitchen. Where that was, you know, mm-hmm. from our bedroom, we could see right into that room, into that 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 big trailer, yeah. and and. I could only, they were like more solid than a shadow. You know, like a shadow, you, you know, it's a shadow. Mm-hmm. But, but this, these were like, like they, they had their own, I don't know, to say it, but their existence. They had, they, they were there. Yeah. I could see them walking around in there, moving around in that, in that, that big trailer. Where, where our trailer was, we, our our back room, it was a petition, and, and it, the way that petition moved out, you, it was we're able to see into that that big trailer that by that thing, 
if that petition wasn't there, we wouldn't be able to see it because the other trailer would be blocking it, you know. I was uh, still looking in here and, and, and uh, the things were moving around and next thing, uh, next thing it was like bang. Like, it was like outside, outside of that petition. And at the same time, it was like hitting on the inside, like three big loud bangs like that. And uh, oh, it felt like tingling all over. And at the same time, it was like I was going numb, you know. I could hear the dogs barking and, and, and they were whimpering. And they were under our porch, our porch, our back porch, and the front porch. We, we had a, a quite a few dogs, you know. And then uh, the auntie started looking out the back door. There's nothing. Nobody would open that door. It was just quiet. Even the dogs, even they were quiet. That night, that night, it seemed like that was the scariest night that we had. I think it was that third night. Next thing our little ones come, they come running at me, they were screaming, they were crying, jumping, jumping up and down, you know. They were just pointing towards, our, towards the living room. And they were, uh, when they come running back to our room, they were just pointing down the hallway towards the living room and began grabbed them and grabbed a baby and just then Olivia come in. She came into our room. She wasn't watching Barney at the machine at one because she just wanted to go to her room. And she came running in the room. She said, Mom, Jen, what the hell are you guys doing? You guys fighting? You just always fighting. <laughs> I, I reached up and I jumped up, closed the curtains. I didn't want them to look in there. But before I could close them, maybe I was just seeing who was in there. She just screamed just loud. I mean, just to. You know, I mean, it was, you know, a little kid screaming real high pitch. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it was. It was just a long scream, and she was pointing, pointing out the window, and when she was screaming, all she was screaming, Daddy, 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 pointing out the window, you know. And I jumped up, and I went on it, but I didn't see anything. Nothing in there. Like, Grabbed all the kids and all of them in the room, and they're all screaming and crying at the same time. And they're trying to call, uh, calm the kids down, you know. And uh, I was thinking about that smudge, you know. Where's that smudge? My little boy, uh, Ruben, he said, he said, Daddy, somebody is trying to take my sister outside. You know, they were living with him and his little sister. <laughs> and what do you mean? Even if somebody's trying to take, uh, uh, somebody, somebody's trying to take sister outside. And then I noticed our, our big dog, we had a big Rottweiler, Rottweiler, and we named her, uh, Sadie, I think it was. You know, we had Sadie, another one, Jake. Two Rottweilers. Anyway, Sadie was inside. So that door had to be open, you know, because she was inside with the kids. And, um, I don't know how she got in there, but I felt good she was in there, you know. And I, I told my boy, I said, what do you mean, someone? What do you mean? I said, my boy was Jason. And he said, he didn't, he didn't look like Jason. And he was holding his sister, you know. Uh, yeah, I was holding him. And he was holding his sister in the person, you know. And uh, yeah, I was telling him, you need this one, Angela. And I could sense, you know, fear and I could see in her eyes, you know. And then I, I tell you, I've never felt hopeless. I mean, that helpless in, in, in all my life. I, I've never felt helpless like that before. I mean, what can I do against, you know, this? And my boy said that, that whoever was trying to grab my little girl, 
and she was just learning how to walk and stuff, you know. I think at that time. I would even say that shit, uh, Sadie, my dog, chased, chased him away. I, I was getting upset, you know, somebody killed in the house, you know. So I went back to, um, my room and I grabbed my handgun and my flashlight. I told him, yeah, you guys stay in the room, lock the door, and I pushed that dresser against that back door. Close it and keep it shut. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to go over, um, I'm going to go get Jason and go over that big trailer. I said, lock the door behind me, don't let, no, don't let anybody in, even me. I said, what do you mean, even me? Even you? And I said, well, I got the key. So if I need to go in there, I'll just open it. Don't want, you know. If somebody, you hear me hollering at you to open the door, don't open it. I won't holler, I'll just open it. I got the key. You know, just showing her, showing her the key, you know. I, I, I start walking over towards that six door to get with Jason. And, and uh, when I come around the corner, I see him, he had a big old stick, you know, in his hands, you know. And he said, uh, he said he seen someone looking in their kitchen window. He said, and he told me, he said, well, when he got close to them, they, they were gone, disappeared, and just, just vanished, he said. And I, and I was talking really loud, you know, real loud voice. Just what? Well, I'm telling you, I try to take my baby, I try to take Angela, and that someone's gonna get a bullet in his ass, you know. Things are frightening. I was talking really loud because you know, I wanted. I thought somebody actually did come in because my son said somebody tried to take Angie. I said, was it Jason? He said, no, it didn't look like it. I told uh, Jason that uh, I was gonna go to that big door. I mean, that uh, big trailer, and uh. I think I told him to watch the house, I think. So I walked towards that big trailer, and you know, when I got towards that door, I could hear, like, voices, you know, like, it was, like, there was a big crowd of people all whispering and talking all at once. Mumbled. I couldn't, I couldn't hear what they were saying, you know. I got there, and I, and I, uh, I don't remember if I had the key or not. Yeah, I, yeah, I put the key in, and then, then I opened it, and then, as soon as I opened it, and, you know, pushed it open, I thought it, see a bunch of people in there, you know, and, and when I pushed it open, it was just quiet, dark, couldn't hear nothing, even that okay. mumbling, all the mumbling, jumbled voices that I heard doing, even that was gone, all you can hear is that refrigerator, you know how the refrigerator sound, <sighs> yeah, they, they, when, I, when I heard that, I was afraid to go in there, and so I, Stepped in there and I walked in the trailer. And when I got when I got halfway in there, and, you know, I left that door open and came and slammed. I'm not getting slammed up behind me, and then I started getting scared all over again. And same fear, same fear, then it overtook me again. And, and it felt like that hallway, that hallway was dark. <laughs> it felt like there was somebody watching me for everywhere. You know, oh. like the eyes all around me or something. You know. It felt like, I mean, it felt evil. Yeah. It's, it's so evil. I mean, the fear that it passed on you was just been overwhelming. Made you, made you uh, paralyzed like in every sense, in every way. You know, you just fear. That's the way it made me feel. Then I looked, and when I looked, I looked, I could, well, from where I was standing, I could see right and straight in our bedroom from my, that big trailer to Clarkson. And when I looked in there, I seen this thing in there. And it was just like, uh, oh, what, what, what came to mind and what really made it real to me 
was that movie I seen, um, it was a Batman movie where a guy had a gunny sack over his head. That's what it looked like. He had no eyes, just like holes where eyes were supposed to be. Mm. But, but that's what it reminded me of. That's how, I mean, it was just the ugly thing that I've seen, you know. <laughs> then I, I couldn't even move again. I, I mean, I was just like, you know, that fear that just gripped me. And I couldn't move. I'd be standing there. And that thing, it was like it, like it's, like it was smiling, you know. And I could, I couldn't holler at my wife. It was in our room. Me and me, I like, from where I was standing in that big trailer, I can see into our, our, uh, our, uh, petition uh, that was built on our, for our bedroom. I could see into here where the window was, and I could see that thing in there. I don't know where Jason was. And I was trying to scream and holler, and I couldn't even warn my kids at that. Whatever that thing was in there, you go with them. These are sweating and tension. So again, I felt like throwing up. It was it was like a like so under some kind of a spell or something. It was just like I just couldn't I just couldn't like break whatever it was that was was on me. I just couldn't do it. And then that dark thing it kind of smiled and turned to go around to that out of my room that Dante's living in. Then I couldn't move. I was shaking, my whole body was shaking, I couldn't even move, I was trying to order myself to move, I couldn't do nothing, I couldn't talk or nothing, and then uh, all of a sudden I got banged, and what, what it did, I, I, I was standing there, and I just missed my feet a few um, inches, I, I fired that pistol, and that's what broke that thing on me, and uh, I busted out and I ran, I went running over to um to the house after that happened, you know, after that. It was just like, I seen that flash, too, when I pulled that trigger. And, and that was the only thing I could move was, like, my hand. And that pistol was in my hand. And boom! <laughs> and that's where, when I come out of it, you know, and I, I took off over to the table. And, and uh, I found on the door, screaming at Nana, opening up, and Leanne and uh, I'm you know, because I told him not to open me that I was screaming and knocking on the door, you know. But that, I forgot about it. I was hungry and trying to open that door, and, and um, they were inside there, both of them keeping me out. <laughs> and uh, oh, anyway, finally, I, I, I said, Honey, babe, it's me. Get away from the door. I have the key. And then when I said that, that door, she just opening the door and she knew it was me, you know, by then. She opened up and they were all crying inside the river, crying. And I, I, I ran past the river and I was looking for Angela and Leanne was screaming, where's my baby? You know, looking for Angela. I was looking for her and then all of a sudden Jason, he came down the hallway and he was carrying, carrying our baby in that room where he shared with Olivia. Leanne went over there to grab a baby and asked me, you okay, you okay? And she was like, no baby, she wouldn't let go of Jason. She wouldn't let him go. She was like, I want to. Leanna started to take her away from me and she's calling, please, get baby, mommy's here, mommy's got to, mommy's here. And she just wouldn't let go of um, Jason. She was holding on to And we're all sitting there, you know, trying to pull ourselves together. We're all sitting around and and Leanne was sitting on a chair, she was holding Angie's hand, and, and she was still sitting uh, on Jason's lap, she just wouldn't let him go. And, like, standing there, and 
I think I went to go lock the door again. And I was telling did you guys see it? Did you guys see that? that you know, did you see that? And then uh, uh, the next thing, uh, our dog struck howling outside. And they were right by, right by the front door, they're howling and, and uh, saying, uh, a Rottweiler, she was sitting there, she was just like, had a snare on her, her mouth, uh-huh. showing her teeth, and showing her teeth, and she was just looking straight at Jason. I told Jason, how'd you get in here? He didn't and I said, how'd you get in here, Jason? And <clears throat> I started looking at pistol, you know. And uh, he said, I seen someone by your back, by your back door, he said, I tried to get in, but it was locked. He said, so I crawled into your, through the window to get in. because I seen somebody in, in your back room. So when he was telling me that, and I was looking for my sledge, and, and uh, I was telling everybody, you know, asking them if they're okay. And, and the aunt said, what do you mean you're going to sledge again? She said, well, I don't think that's going to work. She said, I don't think it's going to work, honey. Or like that. And she said, how many times have you tried this before? And this thing's still bothering us. And she said, we need to pray to the Lord. And again, she was right her throat. You know, Arthur Wells was an um, uh, evangelist, a preacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's uh, the, the faith. Nyan grew up in the Christian faith, you know. Well, she started praying. You know, I was, I was scared. I, I, was, I mean, I, this thing was going to make me either make me mess myself or throw up or, you know, do something to me. That's how scared I was. I lit up that smudge anyway. I thought Minyan would have me pray, but he started to pray, you know. It's the way uh, Christians pray, you know, uh, you know, demanding Satan to get away and this stuff and that stuff. And, uh, anyway, she was praying, and as she was praying, that water, that water tap in the bathroom turned on by itself. Hmm. Yeah, our dog had turned around halfway back there and barked and just and snapping like something was there and like she's trying to bite them. Even the lights, the lights turn off, you know, and yeah, it was pretty, but then she prayed louder and louder and louder. We begin to hear this laugh. <laughs> it's just like a, a low laugh. It's like, <laughs> like, oh. like, uh, like, that's going to help or something, you know? But yeah. like she, she was laughing, you know? Like he was mocking, but she was praying or something. But she, but she, she just continued praying and rebuking that thing that was laughing. And it was coming, she was commanded to go back to hell and back where it came from. And, and um, I told Jason, we need to do something, you know, because the other's praying now. I told, I told him, what the heck do you do? It's a spirit like this or whatever this thing is, this ghost or demon or whatever it is. How do we deal with something like this, you know? He was just, like, speechless. Like, he didn't really say much, you know. And here I was, standing there, you know, about ready to pass out. And, you know, I was supposed to be brave and strong when you were in the family, you know, and this thing was, it just reduced me to just being a child again myself. Even, <laughs> even thinking like a child, I told you, go cops! <laughs> <laughs> And uh, <laughs> serious? I think we're crazy. You're not gonna believe us. <laughs> or oh, I think Jason did that. Or oh, one of them did that. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah, I think Jason, they said, like, in the end, I think you're still praying, and the end, just sat there and looked at him, and what are we going to do? And, um, I think about that time, yeah, the phone rang. Is when, when, uh, when the phone rang, you know, we all, we all jumped and got scared. Hmm. And I, I grabbed the, grabbed the phone and answered it, and then put it to my ear, and it was, it was my mom. She was calling from down the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't hear her. I didn't hear her, like, talk, talking, they get cut off, talking, get cut off, and, and I was saying, Mom, I can't hear you. I said, Mom, got back connection, and hello, hello? And uh, I put it to my ear, and there was, there was nothing. I mean, a bunch of static. Then it get there. You know, I don't know, honey, was back connection, so you get, you make a bunch of noise, and then they just, in bed, you know. Hmm. And I, I looked at my wife and she looked at me and she said, don't tell me the phone is dead. Call her back. She's my, 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 my honey, she said, call, call your mom back. And um, so I hung it up and picked it back up and no dial tone. Okay. I tried it again, you know. I didn't try about three or four times. It's not even a dial tone. I thought, I told her, I said, well, we can use that, that cell phone in the car. So I was digging for my keys and the third door, you know, I told him my audience and basically collected me. Jason had a, a baby, she still didn't let go of him, you know. And uh, he had Angela and Chris Ruben was walking with his sister Olivia and then the end and I was behind the end, we're all walking to the car. And you, even our dogs, they like they formed like a, a circle around us and they were following us and Sadie, she was laying about she used to be a real good watchdog that that dog. I think the, I think Sadie was um, Olivia's dog. Yeah, I think that, but you know, she's like family dog, you know. Watched over everybody that dog. So we all headed uh, to my car. Yeah, we, uh, once we got in the car, you know, we, we began to talk, you know, what, what should we do? Should we just go to town and spend the night, you know, in town? And the answer, yeah. And she said, what about clothes, you know? Olivia, you know, real quiet. She's up, quiet up to that point, you know. She said, I don't want to go back in there, Mom. I'm not going back in there. And uh, in that big trailer, you know, was a washer and dryer. And the answer, I have clean clothes on top of that, that, that laundry basket on the top of the dryer in there. I told her, so I'll, I'll go get them. Then she told me, just grab the, the whole, the whole basket. You know, I didn't have to sort through and get close. She said, just grab the whole basket. I gave her my uh, my pistol to hang on to, and uh, I got out and I was walking over there. And yeah, told Jason, Jason, can you go over there with him, to help him or whatever? But Jesus said, would you please go with him? And he just got out of the car and come with me. That's what she said. Just grab the whole basket. And so we walked up to that trailer, and, and I was um, telling Jason what I. But I seen when I went over there the first time by my by myself. Yeah. I said I heard a bunch of people in that in that that door even closed behind me. I think I told him when I was in there. And uh, he just told me he just said, "Wait here, I'll I'll, I'll go get that and close." And uh, so I, I turned the light light on in, in that big trailer, and you could still feel that presence that was in there that I felt. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
He just walked into that laundry room and came out with, with some clothes and nothing happened. Yeah. And I turned the lights back off and we were walking back to the car and um, Jason was looking at me funny, you know, and I asked him, you know, and he, he just didn't, in that, in, in, in the darkness of the night, you know, in the, like our street lamp that was out there, and the lights that did eliminate it, light it up a little, you know, he just didn't, he just looked funny, like odd, you know, like something was out of place with him. I had them closed, and I, I was putting them in a uh, in the back of the van. I think we were in a van or a car. I don't remember. Anyway, I was putting them in the back, and and I was holding the door open for him, and he, he just stayed standing. He wouldn't get in. I said, "Cool, let's go." He said, "He told me, he said, um, you know, I, I, I." He said, "Andrew, I, I can't go with you guys." I told him, "What?" I told him, "What? Well, I can't, I can't, I can't leave you here, you know." Mm-hmm. And you just, you just stood there. I'm telling you, I can't even hear if they look what's going on. Everything that's going on, look what's happening. What if that, whatever it is, what if it comes back, you know, what if so, or, 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 it, or it comes back uh, 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 more intense or something, you know, or something like that. I can't remember what I told him, but I told him I couldn't leave him there. And I told him, I said, what's going on with you? What's the matter with you? He said, what's bothering you, you know? And he, uh, he wouldn't listen to me, to what I was saying. He didn't want to come with us. Yeah, I, I don't know if Leanne uh, and the kids uh, heard us talking when they're standing out by the car. And I told him, man, you're going to have to live with me, um, Jason. You're going to have to, you know, tell me what's, what's going on, what's, what's bothering you. And he just told me that, you know, he just couldn't, uh, uh, he couldn't explain to me. He told me, he was telling me that, that I wouldn't understand and... And then uh, he said, I'll, I'll be okay. And he was trying to convince me to be out there by himself that night. He even said, uh, he even said I'll, I'll lock myself in a, in a room with, with your dog or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, until you guys come back in the morning. But, all right. And why I agreed, you know, is because my dog, Sadie, that Rottweiler, she was, you know, standing there looking at his hand. And then I said, you should, I told him you should sleep with um, Sadie and your and you know, like she's a real good watchdog. So he, he was walking back to the room I got in the car, and the honest kid upset at me. So I, you know, wondering why, why I, I left him. And I told her, I told her, I said, he, he, he wouldn't come with us. I couldn't make him come again, you know? And go, man, I can't force him in there and, in a car and make him come with us. Even when we're driving down the road, you know, before you get to that um, end of the boarding school road, I was, I was even slowing down there, you know, thinking, oh, dang it, I should just, you know, F it, I'll just go back and get him and make him come with us. I, I think she was, before she could say anything, the kids started screaming, no, no, let's go to town, bring us to town, please, you know. They were scared. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we were all scared, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But, um, we, uh, we headed to town. We checked into the, um, water bonnet and paid for our rooms and, I don't remember if we called my mom. I don't know. I think we called her in the room. Yeah, because the kids were all getting settled down. And dang it, I think we had, I think she grabbed that, that phone in the, in the room and, and she told me to call my mom. Or she called, she, I don't know, she called my mom. Because I was still, you know, kind of pacing around thinking, dang it, I should just go back up there and get him. I'm just going to 
So I just decided to go back out and get him, you know. Yeah, and then I started getting ready. I'll put my jacket back on and I don't know. I, I I don't know if you were talking with my mom when I left. Well, any, anyway, anyway, I was I was driving out back out to to where our trailers were. I was passing that um, actually called that funeral. As I was driving by there, heading out towards where we stayed, uh, I seen in a in a in a uh, funeral home there was like a silhouette of I don't remember if there was one or two or the windows were like all full of people and it was just like there, like you could actually see that shadow of a head. I mean, a shadow, that shadow's head turning, watching me drive by, you know. And, and, he, and he almost turned around there and went back to the worm on it, but I was worried about Jason. So, when I got on that road, you can see where our face was from, from uh, maybe half a mile down the road or a quarter mile. The lights were all blinking on and off. Like, in almost all of their trailers, even the trailers we didn't have electricity in. Oh. And I didn't want to get out of the car, you know, I just pulled up to where, where his door was. And it was like maybe about maybe uh, 15 yards from where I parked to that front door. Mm -hmm. And I, I start honking the horn. And, and then I noticed, you know, that our dogs weren't around, you know, because we would pull up, they all come running out and jump. You know how dogs are, they can recognize the car and greet you and stuff like that. Yeah. I was sitting there honking the horn, and all of a sudden the phone rang, and oh, shit, that scared the shit out of me, Ken, you know. And you know, when you're afraid, and the phone ring, and it just, I mean, I, I was afraid when that phone rang, and it was Leanne. <laughs> and she asked me where I was. I told her that I had just gotten out to the um, to our place where, 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 we, where we lived that time. And uh, she was asking me, uh, asking me where I was. I told her where I was, and I, she's asking me for if, if um, I was with Jason. I, I was telling him, honking the horn, there's no answer. She said, your mom, she said, I was talking to your mom, and she said that she's been trying to reach us for a few days, you know, calling the, our landline and everything. And, and she said that every time she called, there's somebody who would just laugh. Somebody who just laughs and, and then hangs up on her. Or they would just, you know, breathe heavy and then, or, or she would feel like whispering, like real fast, like people all whispering, she couldn't tell what they were, she couldn't make out what they were saying, you know, hmm. on on the phone. Yeah. And then she said she was trying to get a hold of us. And, you know, as, as Leanna was telling me, I was honking a horn trying to get Jason's attention so I can get out of there. I, I said, well, she's... Happened to say anything else, you know, and why she was calling in the first place, and she said she wanted to know who passed away in that in that in that vehicle accident, you know, the day that she called me. Mm -hmm. She wanted to know who passed away in there, and then she also said that she wanted to talk to me, and then she said she told me and that I wasn't. She said keep um, Jason um, at your place, I think, or don't let him leave your 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 house or something like that. I told me, yeah. I said, well, I can't I can't just leave him here, you know. When what's what did you did she say anything else? And and uh, I think we got cut off then uh, when I was talking again. Where dude, as she was telling me what, what my mom was saying, not to let him go, and she asked him who died first, and that she really needed to talk to me, and that not to let Jason leave her her, her property, you know. And I couldn't figure it out why not. She didn't even know it was uh, Jason that was was uh, 
staying out there. Because in her dream, she didn't know, you know, way without way later, you know, she didn't, um, she never did know, uh, find out who Jason was. I told her later it was, um, it was, uh, uh, almost said his real name, but, uh, um, he stayed with us when we were kids, you know, way in the country. That's how I knew him, you know, growing up with him and you know, like, no, forever, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was sitting there and, um, as I was, you know, honking and waiting for him to come out of his room and there was, he, he didn't come out. So I, I got out the car and I started walking um, toward, towards his door and the fiber door. Get him out there, you know, and I was, he was even holding on, man, Jason, open up, it's me, you know. And it's, before I was hawking the horn and walking towards that door, I was scared. I remember when I was walking towards his door, I, I remember uh, I heard dogs barking. I thought they were Sadie's, uh, calling Sadie, calling her other dogs, but they're like way, way off in a distance, you know? Like neighbor's dogs barking way out there, you know, you hear sometimes? Mm-hmm. That, that's what it sounds like. They're like, they're way out there. And I couldn't tell if they were our dogs or not. Anyway, I walked up to that door where um, Jason, where he was, and then it, this, it wasn't cold out, but all of a sudden it just became real, like real cold where you can see your breath again. Hmm. And, um, and I remember, I, I remember when I was walking, uh, no, I, I was still at his door and then all of a sudden it smelled like, like poop. <laughs> really bad poop, you know, <laughs> in the in matches. So it remind me of matches and poop, uh, sulfur. So it remind me of. Oh, jeez. And that, uh, oh, my back felt thick, you know, and the, like the back of my neck and the, the hair in my arms all stood out in the back of my neck. Then I, all of a sudden I felt sick again. I felt nauseous. I felt like my legs went weren't moving, you know? Uh-huh. And I was hollering for Jason. I told him, are you in there? And I was pounding on the door. And I was trying to open the door, but it was locked, and I was trying to find my keys, and then I realized that my keys were still in the car, and the car was running, you know? So I kind of pretty much, like, stepped off of that porch, and I found back to the car to get the, the, the key to open his door. And when I got to the car, um, uh, the phone rang again when I got back in the car. I think it was again. She asked me if he was if he was coming in, and and she said, "I remember uh, your mom said don't let him leave the place out there." As I was sitting in the car and talking to the end, and I looked up, and when I looked up, I can see a shadow, you know, go between my car, but the shadow was on that on that trailer. You know the lights were that casted a shadow on on that trailer, but there was nothing, nothing walking between the car, the headlights and the trailer. You know, but yeah. I seen that trailer. I seen that trailer. I seen that shadow going across that 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 trailer. It was just a shadow, like moving. It didn't like it didn't like have arms and legs. You know where you can see it walking like that, like swinging back and forth. It was just like a shadow move across that that wall of that trailer in front of his door, bef- bef- you know, just 15 yards in front of me. But there was nothing came between the headlights to cast the shadow. That's what I, I, I'm trying to explain, you know, try to get... And, and I'm, I remember just holding that phone, just looking at this thing walking by, you know, and then they heard them dogs barking way off in the distance. And 
and and what was going through my mind is your mom said don't let him leave you know i just i just hung up the phone and, and stuck in reverse i didn't even you know wait to see if jason was there do it in reverse and i was i was pulling back out on a highway there in front of our trailers and that's why i parked and began to honk and holler for jason again I'd holler, Jason, I'd honk the horn, Jason, and the next thing I'd hear somebody saying, Jason, you're mocking me, my voice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know how long you've been there, about five, five more minutes, you know, just honking away. I didn't want to go back over there when I seen that shadow come between my car and that building when there's nothing walking, nothing to cast a shadow, you know. So I just kept honking and hollering, and, and that every time I'd say, Jason, and just the way I'd say it, Jason, I'd hear it back at me, and I'd holler, Jason, and same thing, Jason. Oh, he didn't sound like me, but just the same way that I'd, I'd holler his name. And then I think Nan called again, or I called Nan, and and she wanted to know what was going on, and I, I told her that what was what was going on, and and I thought maybe I'd just better come back to Browning. Or she said, I better just come back to Brownie. And, you know, after she told me what mom said about leaving him there, not letting him leave. Mm-hmm. So we headed back to town and I got to town. I didn't, I didn't tell, really tell Jan everything what happened out there. And, um, <clears throat> but I did explain to her, you know, I didn't want her to know what I seen, but I felt like I, she needed to. So I tell, told her what happened. It was, I forget, it was early in the morning again she told me just try and get some sleep mm-hmm. you know little uh, talk about it in the morning see what see what, we, see what happens tomorrow um but i remember that night when i went to sleep in warborn as soon as i laid down i was out you know i woke up next day and the answer she um paid for it for another night you know our room mm-hmm. and my my kids they they seemed like they were like them themselves you know they didn't seem like like uh, traumatized or anything, you know, they were playing around and everything, and they seemed they seemed all right. Even Olivia, my oldest girl, she seemed all right. Oh no, I think she was still sleeping. Because when I got up, the kids were there, and Olivia was there. I think uh, Olivia was still asleep. I got anyway. I got dressed, and I told Ian, um, you know, she should have woke me up earlier. <laughs> Let me sleep. Pretty much almost the afternoon. She said she said she was been trying to call out there, but there's there no answer. I I called out there. There was no answer out there. I think she called out there. There was no answer. I thought we should call out there. there. He might answer. I didn't even we didn't even know if he, if he was out there after that. You know what happened the night before. Got ready and I headed right out there that morning. They, like I said, you know, it don't take us long to get out of board school, between here and board school in just a few minutes. You know, from Browning. Anyway, I hit it out there, and um, when I got there, he was, I just seen him, he was looking out his window. I went up there, I was talking to him. I said, Jason, you okay, buddy? And he just shook his head a little bit, you know. I'm okay. He said he was a little sore and stiff and something like that. And then he said, oh, you got some calls from Mike. And I said, you got calls from Mike? I told him, I said, well, we've been trying to call, I think, all day. No answer or something. He said he went down to that um, our big trailer. I don't know, get a snack or something. But he said he um, heard the phone ringing or something, but he didn't answer. He just went over there and seen on the, on the thing there, you know, who was calling in. 
Mm-hmm. The, yeah, that call, caller ID thing. I was telling him, I was asking him, you know, what's happened last night, you know, when we left, did any, anything else happen? What was going on? I told him I, I came back out that night, you know, told him I came back out and I was honking and Leanne called and the hardware to dogs and everything, you know, and he just said that nothing really much happened after we left, you know. Said he said he went to sleep. Said he said he got up, walked around for a while, checked checked the, the trailers, all the trailers, and they said he went back uh, to his room. He went to sleep, and I told him, "Well, we came right back out. There was nothing going on." I said, "If if you were checking the trailers, and I was when I came up here, you would have came up to the car because I was honking. You can deny how loud the horn was, you know." And we, we talked we talked quite a bit. Me and uh, me and Jason, you know. He, and again, he was telling me about his his, his um, mom and daddy. He was really worried about him. He was really worried about his baby, you know, and worried about his wife and everything, you know. I told him, you need to just, I told him, get ready. I'll bring you home. I can't right now. He said, I just can't go right now. And so I was out there for a while. <clears throat> and, you know, it was daylight, so I kind of felt brave uh, to go back into our trailer. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I think Leanne wanted me to get some stuff for her and the kids, I think. And when I went in, you know, it was just the same thing. It was our house. <clears throat> it was our trailer we lived in. Nothing was amiss. There was nothing, like, no mess or anything. When I turned on their, um, their answering machine, and it was, uh, got some messages from Mike. Just asked him if I could, you know, call him back. I think he said he's going to be um, uh, really busy in the next few days, and he really needed me bad, you know. Anyway, he he's telling me that uh, I think it was on the third message, or 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 I talked to him. He said that um, that the family was was moving the the funeral up a day. You know, they were going to bury the this guy a day early, or it was going to be that afternoon. They were supposed to bury him the day before, and they were going to bury him this, this, that same afternoon. I think that what that was why he was behind. And when I, as I was talking, and my trailer started getting cold again, and I, was, I no, I wasn't talking to him. I was listening to the um, to the uh, messages, those three messages. And the third one was telling me that they're gonna that that family was moving their uh, funeral up for a whole day. I had to go in and, and you know see see how Mike was. How he was uh, faring at the um, at the funeral home, but but as I was listening to him, that trailer just started getting cold again. I just hung up. I thought, hey, I ain't going, I ain't going through this, you know. <laughs> in the daytime, I got out of my trailer and headed out of there. I went to see Jason if he wanted to go home, you know, or just ride with me or staying, you know, kind of hang out for the day, you know, instead of him just being stuck there. Mm-hmm. I thought you know, he'd come with me, hang out, hang out for the day, and, you know, just do it. I told him you don't have to go home if you want. I'll bring you home. You can hang out with me or just drive around town, whatever. Just get out of here. And then he said, "Nah, he's peaceful out here." Uh, it was like I just got hit with, with like slapped in my face. I just stopped and what? Peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I even told him, I said, hey, man, where'd you even here last night? I got back to Brownie, and I, I called uh, Mike on my my cell phone. 
then he answering that he said you coming in Mike said you come into the um you come in you still sick or or, or what's going on I told him, well I think some few thing few things I gotta take care of first and he told me it's really crazy over here Angela and he said uh I know you're supposed to, I know you're sick and supposed to have a day out but I really need you to the funeral for the gal for the guy in that murder vehicle accident that that was supposed to be scheduled for tomorrow and that, that the family is, they said they're gonna move it out. So I told him, I said, let me be there, I'll be there in an hour, but uh, I'll give you a hand. And uh, I'll tell him I got some things I need to do. And he said, be good if you can get here soon. And I said, I'll get there as soon as I can. And he, you know, he sounded disappointed and everything, but I told him, I said, we need to um, find out what, what the hell's going on with these two, that, that Jason and why he didn't want to go home, you know? I think need, I think Leanne needed to go see Jason's uh, honey anyway for to invite him to a birthday dinner or something. Uh, I told Leanne, "Well, I'll pick you up and we're going." And she already sent my uh, my kids out that afternoon, I think, with uh, with my brother David mm-hmm. to go down and spend some time with my mom and Harvey. Mm-hmm. And when she sent them out with my brother, and my kids, yeah. and I picked Leanne up at the we're it and. Uh, we went over to, uh, I think it was in Ned's house. But when we got there, I don't think he was home that time when we, when we went over there. Her car wasn't there. So we just kind of, you know, Browning ain't very big. You know, drive around and you find somebody sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Uh, must have been driving around for about 15 minutes looking for her. We drove by our house a few times. Uh, so we went out to, um, uh, I think it was Jason's dad's place. Went out there looking for um, Jeanette. And uh, we went up to, to his dad and I said, hey, Jim. Just, you know, I'll call him Jim or James or whatever. And he said, oh, who brings you guys out here? You're looking for my boy, too? <laughs> and I said, uh, well, um, we're looking for, uh, Leanna's looking for Annette. Leanna yeah, wanted to talk to her and he said, well, he's Mr. I guess they dropped off uh, their baby, Kim, you know, so and, and that was going to go look for Jason that afternoon, so so Jim and his wife were uh, babysitting that baby Kim to, uh, so Annette can go look for Jason. And that's why he was, he was asking if, if we were there looking for him, too, you know. Should we? And that must have told him that um, I, I don't know. I don't know. He told him something anyhow. He thought we were looking for uh, Jason, but we were looking for uh, his missus. Well, we after we told uh, we told Jim that would, you know, probably. He, well, he told us you guys need to come and visit sometimes, and we told him, yeah, well, we'll stop by and visit and stop in again. And well, anyhow, we we small talk with uh, Jim, and uh, I didn't get to see his mom that day. It was just talk with Jim, I think. Uh, he's uh, Jason's dad. And we were driving all over. Went out to um, Lost Our Homes, or uh, uh, Glacial Homes, you know, back and forth all over town. And I told him, let's stop at that funeral home and check on Mike, see how he's doing. And if I have to, I'll just stay there with him. So I got in there and I uh, walked in the funeral homes. Hey, Mike. Mike here, and 
He said, yeah, that's what, come back here. I went back there and he said, oh, good, did you come come to work? And uh, he said, tell me, oh, I wasn't expecting you for a minute. I said, well, we're kind of busy. I just drove by, I thought I'd just stop in and check on you for, uh, I'll let you know that I'll be, I'll be a minute and I'll be back at work. Leanne and I was looking for some, for some friends of ours. It's kind of important, you know, we, we get a hold of them. And uh, when I was telling him that, Leanne came in and she said, I, I found her. She said, she's over at uh, her father-in-law's. I said, where did you come from there? I said, how did you find her? And, yeah, she was telling me about that, about her cell phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I told him, uh, I told Micah, I said, sorry, I'm not, I'll be back as soon as I can. And we headed out and he said, well, bring him back. He's, he's my only help. I need him as soon as you can, Leanne. We went to Annette's house and pulled up there and walked inside and uh, Leanna said, Tommy, you gonna are you gonna tell her that um that that uh, Jason's at the house? I told him, well, if she asks I'll tell her but uh maybe we should tell her that we thought we we'll, 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 we'll see, we'll talk we'll talk if we see what's going on, you know. Uh Annette said um she was at over at uh Jason's dad's house and uh then he said that we were looking for him. He's asking us what's going on. And she's asking me, you know, what I was asking her about um, Jason. And she's telling me that that they that they were had a, a fight, you know, a few days earlier, argument, fighting over money, and and uh, well, you know, I I, I can I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. Say me and my wife, you know, we've been together what. 40 years, huh, honey? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not it's not always, you know, a bed of roses, you know? Mm-hmm. We, have, we have our times and we have our squabbles and fights and stuff like that, but, you know, nothing to where I would get up and pack up and leave, you know? Yeah. Nothing to where anything that serious, whether it comes to money or no matter the severity of our arguments, we always try to talk it through, you know, we never try to be angry with one another to that point where we just separate from one another. And that's what, what, what was going on with them. And she was telling me when you come and cry on your shoulder and know you guys talk all the time, you know. <laughs> and I don't know, I was just wondering, you know, what's going on, how you guys are doing and everything. And again, told her that she wanted to uh, come invite her to a, um, a, a birthday birthday dinner as well, you know. She was asking me if, if, if I talked to him, you know, because she, she didn't know what was bothering him, why he would leave like that. They were fighting over money, and she said he just got really mad and just packed some stuff up in his duffel bag and left. She said, I haven't seen him or talked to him since. She said, he didn't call or anything, no, he didn't call. Yeah, and she just she just brought me back over to um uh Mike's. Mm-hmm. I was loading up everything, you know, and 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 he was already going to the um house. Mm-hmm. you know, for last viewing and everything like that. And uh, and I, I I had some extra help there, so I wasn't I wasn't too um afraid of being in that funeral by myself at that moment. I went to the gravesite and set up. And then uh, 
when I finished up during that, I went to uh, meet with Mike back at um, at the house. And uh, all I had to do was just sit outside and wait for him for the last viewing and where they would haul everything out, like flowers and stuff like that. And, and I was driving a Paul Bearish in that big Suburban that that guy had. Mm-hmm. But I pulled up to the house and uh, like I seen Mike came waving me in. So I jumped off right up there. I opened all the doors to um, Suburban so we can load the flowers and everything we needed. And so we had everything loaded. So we were standing there, Mike was standing on one side of the coffee, and I think I was standing at the foot, and everybody was streaming by, you know, getting their, getting their last goodbyes, and there's a key they, that you put in that casket, and it, it locks it, but it also, little key, and you turn it, and turn it, and it makes the head go down, the pillow up portion. And while he was doing that, and folding in all the, um, everything inside the casket so we can seal it and we get all that done and while we're doing that I kinda heard, I kinda heard a, a knock on there and I like on that on a like it was um muffled muffled by the material inside of that coffin and I stood straight up and looked at Mike. I thought he I thought he heard it, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, to hear something? Who is it no? Is it gonna focus? Let's 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 be professionals here, Andrew. Well, he didn't say it out loud. Everybody can hear me, but you know, hear him. Mm-hmm. I heard him. And I, said, I said, "Yeah, I got got the um, pawberries come in. They loaded the body in a pawberry in the purse, and, and they all start piling in in that suburban that I was driving. And then I was listening to them. You know how they all joke around? They're all sitting there joking around. The guy he. One of them, he said, I don't know which one it was, but he said, uh, they were talking about, um, like, I said, gee, hey, guys, guys, you what happened last night? Dude, everybody's listening, you know, what happened? No, last night, it was you guys here? It was, it was any of you guys here? And uh, one of them said that he was here. One of them, uh, Paul Berry spoke up, he said, um, there was just a, just a few, just a, there was just a few of them, I think he said, that was up. He said, some guy walked in, he said, um, he said, nobody, no, none of us knew, knew this guy that walked in, he was a stranger. And we, they said he was really well-dressed, black, pointy shoes, real well-dressed guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and he was yeah. telling me, and, and, uh, telling everybody, and the other guy was said, well, who did you see? We, we were dressed, I didn't see no well-dressed just a guy seeing an old, ugly, hobo-looking guy come in asking for Jason. Hmm. And there was Jason, you know, they were wondering, you know, Jason who? And, um, and I got everybody sitting there. I, 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 I was the only one that spoke up, but I, I said, um, I said, the only Jason I know is my friend that. They, they say, he just came in, sat there. And even, even, he, I guess that guy was even sniffing that corpse. Oh. I mean, yeah, went up smelling it in the face, you know? Smelling it like that, and went and sat down for a long time just looking at it. They were talking, and that about that, about that point, we were coming up to the church, you know, to bring this body into the church. And, and we were at that church, you know, I went outside, and I was smoking a cigarette, and 
you know, thinking of everything that I'm going through, man, I'm losing my mind. I was thinking, well, I'm going to go to church and confess and this and that, you know, go to Catholic church, you know. And I remember sitting, because it was pretty warm, I was sitting on a church, Catholic church steps down there, and I was smoking a cigarette, and I, it was about, it was about that, that point when people should begin to come out to, um, you know, to bring, bring the body to the last place. To the ground, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we followed them all the way up to the um, to the grave site. When we were there, I, I seen this guy, and every time I seen this guy, he was always on the opposite side of me at that at that grave site. I kept looking for Mike, you know, telling Mike, "Something's not wrong with this. Something's not right with this, Mike." <clears throat> and I'd fight this guy up. Look at this guy over here. You see that guy, and he, he could never see him. Well, what's he wearing? There's all kinds of guys over there. He's off to the side, you know, by the hearse. Everybody's around the grave. And they kept pointing him out. You could never see him. You could never see who I, who I, was, who I was trying to uh, point to, that Mike. I said, there he is. He was walking right there. You just couldn't see him. And every time I seen him, it was like, it was like his eyes were just like open. I, think. I never seen him blink. I never seen him open his mouth. I never seen his eyes move from side to side. They were just like great, always looking at you or looking away from you or something. Anyway, after the funeral, everything went okay, I guess. This funeral was going. We went back to the uh, funeral home and began to unload everything again. I was putting stuff away and, and uh, thinking about everything. Mike was talking to me. I don't know what the heck he was saying, but. He was telling me something, and finally he said, Hey, Angelo, you, you hear me listening? <clears throat> I thought, oh, I'm thinking about some stuff, Mike, and he said, Oh, I guess. And I told him, I said, You know, I mean, uh, get everything sorted out myself and see what's going on. And I told him, I said, Don't, you didn't seem too busy like you needed me in the first place, Mike. Oh, this is, this is where 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 really gets me, man. You know, we were. At that funeral home, and shit, I got, I, 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 I didn't even know, I, I, I didn't even know, man. But oh god, yeah, uh, like almost like getting a panic attack right now. Uh, he, uh, he pointed towards that cooler. He said, "Well, I needed you. We got another guest here. Why, 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 why I needed you? You know." I said, "Okay, uh, I think I said I'll come in the first thing in the morning." I told him, up Good night, and our Simon. Leanne told him good night, or I told him good night. I told Leanne, I said, Yeah, let's go home. I need to talk to Jason, and, and we, we need to uh, maybe pick up Annette, take her out with us, or go get Jason, or, or do something. We need to see what's going on with your family. You know, they're good friends of ours. And I went, I went out to the old, I went out to our lot, that property where we had, and I went in there, and I went in a big trailer. I think it's like I can hear everything from the night before, even the gunshot. You know, <sighs> see that hole in the floor. I remember I was standing right where I stood and I was looking at that thing that was in my room that night before. Yeah, I went over to that um, to where Jason, where uh, that room we let him stay in, and I told him I said, uh, Jason, you know, we need. We, we're gonna, we're gonna have to talk. You see, what, what's going on? You can talk to me. I'm your friend. You know, you know, I'm your brother. I know you for 
this is where kids, you got a wife, you got a child, your folks, everybody's worried about you. We need to um, talk with me, Jason. What, what, what's going on? What happened? What did you do? You told me you did something the other day, but but something you didn't do. And I was just, you know, hitting him with all, all of this stuff, you know, and just getting demanding towards him, you know. He, he just had to, he didn't say anything. All he do, he'd mumbled some words about Kim and about his wife and about his folks. And I said, what happened, Jason? And he, he, I remember he, I remember these words he told me, he said, I never heard anybody. That's what you're worried about, Angela. I didn't hear anybody. Hmm. And I told him, I said, Jason, you want to be with your, your, your baby and your wife? And again, he was just quiet, you know, nothing. He didn't say nothing. Just shake his head. I think my friend, man, I want everything to work out for you. Jason, I told him your folks are worried about you. Your baby's worried about you. Your wife's worried about you. Everybody, I said, I'm worried about you. I said, what are we going to do? We're going to do something. We need, we need, come on, I'll bring you home, partner. <laughs> and when, when I told him home, he just kinda, he's kind of like lined up a little bit and said, home, you know? Home? I said, yeah, come on, home, let's go. I'll bring it up right now. Come on. I said, Jason, there's some somebody was looking for you. They were telling me at that wake somebody was looking for you. You, Jason. Looking for you. They might come back. Look what's going on. What happened? What if I if we're not here tonight? What's gonna happen? I don't come on. Home. 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 He said, Home. I remember he said, Home. And we went back, we walked up and grabbed his uh his bank. Then we he got in the car and and I was driving towards Browning and he was sitting there and I remember turning on the radio uh, uh, at that FM station and cut big country tune was playing and he even he was even batting his hand against the door, you know, with the tune. He seemed like genuinely happy to be going home, you know. Yeah. And like I told him Jason I got one stop. One stop and uh, I'll, I'll bring you home. All right, I pulled in at Bruno home, and I was going to go in there and talk to Mike, and and then uh, Jason, he jumped out of the van and come around and gave me a hug. To, to this day, I can actually feel his hug, you know. He hugged me so tight. He said, I love you, bro. He said, I love you, too. He said, thanks. Thanks for everything. He said, I'm good now. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll walk home. I said, you sure? won't take me about a minute, and I'll bring you home. He said, no, I'll walk home. And uh, I said, okay. I remember going inside there and that funeral home and, and Mike, he was sitting there. He said, you told me, oh, well, I thought you went home. I said, yeah, and I bring a friend back to town and I thought I'd stop in. And he said, that guy that we put in the ground today? Yeah. He said, well, he, he, he crashed, avoid hitting our guest in there. And then when, when we both walked in there, that's all I remember when I woke up in the hospital. I think it was the next day or the day after when I woke up in the hospital. But when I walked in, I remember hugging Jason outside. And I remember walking inside and he telling me that, that the guy we put in the ground today, he wrecked a void hidden, hidden the fella in that other room and walked in there. And it was Jason. He was laying on that bed. And 
my mom, my mom, she's gone now. You know, I wish I could ask her so many questions. You know, what, what did you see? What happened? You know, and then uh, after the story I wrote, there's some some people are sending me questions and asking me what happened. I told them I don't know. I said, what What happened when, when you seen Jason? When you said it was Jason, I said, I don't know. I woke up in the hospital. Uh, they said I had a nervous breakdown or something. And I went to his funeral, I went to Jason's funeral and sat there and waited for him. Four days waiting for him to move, waiting for him to say something, but nothing. That's, that's my story, and that's the one that Jenny really encouraged me to to share, you know. Yeah. For all, all the people out there um, listening... What Angela did was he wrote this story and he posted it to the Facebook group called Ghost Stories from the Res. And um, you can search this story, just search Angelo Bullplume and you'll find the story on Ghost Stories from the Res to read it yourself. And uh, my Aunt Jenny, the one who just passed away recently, um, she's the well by now I'll have released her other episode that was a paid only episode. That'll be out by the time you guys are hearing this. But uh she was the one that really encouraged Angelo to come on the show and, uh, you know, gave me his contact information. I reached out and, you know, we spoke at, uh, Angelo and I spoke at, at Jenny's wake and, uh, we kind of agreed that we would, he would come on the show and I'd make time for him and we'd get his story out too. And, you know, he's been telling me that he's thought a lot about Jenny and her encouraging him to come on and he finally just did it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jenny was real. She was real special lady to uh, me and my wife and Uh-huh. We've, we've traveled with her before, and and she just became a, a real a real special friend in our lives, you know. You know, Jenny was also a big part of my life, too. Again, I just can't thank her enough for everything she's done for the show and for everybody, really, you know. Everybody's life that she touched. She did it in a good way, and she she had a lot of knowledge. She, she was just a really good person. And, uh, the world is less without her. So, since the episode was so long, uh, we're going to be doing the patron episode next. So in this patron episode, it's going to be with Angelo, and what he does, what I do, him and I, I have this Q&A with him, and I ask him questions about the, the last show that was just on. So, on that patron episode, that's where the Q&A takes place, and his wife's there with him. She was with him on this podcast, too. But she was with him toward the end, and she goes through and, and tells a bunch of stories herself. She's got a lot of ghost stories, too, so we tell more ghost stories toward the end. So it's going to be a really good episode. You know, if you ain't a patron, go ahead and go over to Patreon and sign up for an account. Get yourself a little $5 membership, and you know, there you go. You got the membership or the episodes right there. And so, yeah, that one will be released. And uh, 
I want to do one more patron episode this month. And so I'll put out two for you guys. But anyways, um, yeah, that's what we got coming next week. So until next time.